Welcome to the Finding Salam podcast, powered by Celebration Church. Here, we help Muslims find answers to questions they may have about the Christian faith or about the validity of the Islam faith, and equip Christians with knowledge that aids them to effectively spread the truth about Jesus to Muslims. Welcome everyone. Hi David. Hello Demladi. Um so it's it's awesome to be on this platform with you. We're addressing an interesting topic, you know, today. Very, very and you true. know, it speaks to, you know, people, you know, when you go about evangelizing or just sharing the gospel, you hear people ask, why does the Bible have so many translations or versions? You know, and you know, it, it's almost like an expected question. So you want to be ready with an answer. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, please speak to that. Speak to that. Yes, the, first of all, the Bible tells us to be ready to give a defense for our faith in First uh, Peter 3.15. Um, so, this is um, very fundamental. And I must, I must say, this is a very scholarly part of um, our defense of the gospel. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of things, there are a lot of areas you go that, seems very, that seem very scholarly, uh, I must say. But it's important to know that uh, when the Muslims say that our bible has many uh, versions and translations it's important to know what to say to counter that argument because we actually have points um, historical points we have um, points as i said it's very scholarly so we'll be going through a lot of references we'll be i'll be reading you through some references yeah. that really address this point um first of all um to the question of um trans multiple translations and multiple versions um I would like to say that if you are talking about versions as in uh, many different versions of the same text, yeah. I would, I would, I would uh, blatantly say that that is no. The Bible doesn't have many versions. Translations, yes. And we'll get to that. I, I believe I will okay. address yes, that going yes, forward. Uh, but versions, many versions of the same text, no. But translations, yes. And we'll give the why and the reasons to that. So, yes. Okay. Okay. So, what does so, so the Christian Bible has it like a collection of over sixty-six texts, yes, chapters, true, true. you know, from Jewish and you know even to the Greek, yes, right. Yes. Um, and you know each of these texts were written Hebrew, Aramaic, Greek, and you know this sometimes adds to the confusion that people have. Oh, are you sure something wasn't lost? You know, or something of that sort. So, what does this really mean? You know, for people that are trying to understand this. Okay. Uh, basically, I said um, this is very scholarly. So brief um historical class um the 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 bible as as we have it 66 made up of 66 books yes. as you have said um the old testament was written in two um languages predominantly yes. in fact two languages not predominantly two languages aramaic and hebrew originally yes and the new testament was written written in um in in greek so this is where we now have. Uh, I, I just, I just want to read out um, something. Um, accurately speaking, there, there's only one version of the books that make up the Bible. What we have rather are multiple translations into different languages, all sourced from the same original text. Mm-hmm. So, as I said, um, the original texts were written in these languages, but the translations were made out of those original texts, mm-hmm. and that is only—I uh, feel—that is only logical because uh, the thing is, we have multiple languages, multiple world languages: um, English, um, French, German. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of languages, and the Bible over time has seen um, 
a successful translation from the original text that we had from the beginning yeah. to these several languages. And uh, as much as you you might want to say that there there might be some um, loss of um, ideas going meaning, forward, yeah. but I would give uh, I would give going forward some points to prove that the Bible is still reliable in this sense in the fact that it still preserved the original ideas even from language to language translation so nothing was really lost in transition yes there might be some issues with okay maybe for example Greek to English the Greek has more words yes it than might the have English, vocabulary. English so wider vocabulary such issues might arise but it doesn't mean that there was a loss in the thoughts hmm. a lot of intent went into the translation of the Bible. Mm. And and yes, that's why uh, we have so many translations. So yes, that's that's it um, basically. Okay, okay. So so another question that probably will arise is how do we know these original translations were not altered at their early stage? Okay, so to give um, some scholarly credence to this, as I said, this is a very scholarly topic. So I'll be quoting a lot of um, scholarly historical pref- facts. Uh, yeah, scholarly that is fine. references. That's fine. People want so, to know. So l- let me get to details because these, some of these details I can I can save them in my head, but I have them here written. So I'll just want to read you through um, this. Um, so it says here when. Um, comparing share quantity of manuscripts what, what a manuscript is is um a should i say transliteration or like a written version of an old text so you are writing it that's what a manuscript is so the bible when you say there's a mas- manuscript of something that means okay as somebody records it you write it down mm-hmm. so when comparing share quantity of manuscripts against two popular authors of antiquity whose content there is hardly dispute today, we have the following results. Plato, only seven manuscripts available to compare from. Aristotle, only 49 manuscripts available to compare from. Um, Then the New Testament, um, which I said was written in Greek, has 5,800 manuscripts. Hmm. And do you believe that historical... If you want to... um, give credence to a historical book actually the number of manuscripts actually makes it a more credible book mm. so we can see that the new testament even trumps plato and aristotle and you know you don't see anybody going uh no um the plate uh, plato has been corrupted or um Aristotle's aristotle has works. been cor- cor- corrupted mm. but look at the comparison here i just gave you um the statistics plato has seven aristotle has 49 while the new testament greek has 5800 manuscripts Mm. So, so, so literally, you are speaking to the bi- bibliographical test, yes, bibliographical or you test. know that that lends credence to any any any, any document or any, historical any book document. Of antiquity. Exactly. Yes. So, so this is a test that people you know carry out across the world. Yes, you just look at the number of manuscripts you know that exist you know for this particular document you know, exactly. and you can use that to gauge how credible that document is. Okay, please okay. go on. Exactly. And 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 what this helps to do is. Um, as you go forward in the in the timeline, you will see that it's easier with multiple manuscripts to see where there are discrepancies. Mm. Because it's easy to trace back, to look backward and say, oh, if this person put this line here, this person put this line here, we have multiple sources um, to compare. Yeah. So yeah. we can tell when somebody is getting things wrong. Mm. So you're saying the more the manuscripts, the you more, know, the more the errors 
or the the, the issues they they pronounce to detect errors hmm, okay with more manuscripts it becomes easier to detect errors or to detect infiltrations into that written text so um the the text is kept in its pure state yes uh time in time time from time to time because there are more manuscripts to compare over a period of time and the new testament as you can see almost trumps any book popular book of um of antiquity in the amount of manuscripts it has and reliability okay let, let's go further you know to the timeline of the bible and the quran so we're placing it side by side now to actually compare Okay. Right. Yeah. Um. So speak to this. Speak to this. What you know, pe- people people look at the Bible and say, oh, ah, there there must have been you know so many translations. There probably is an issue. But now speaking to the Quran. Okay. What would you say concerning the Quran and its own? Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, when we talk about a timeline, um, we can see that, for example, the 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 Bible before the Bible came. The Bible came. Um, the Bible was written years before the Quran came. So, speaking to timeline, we can see that some of the occurrences that um, are being questioned by the Quran happened years before this. Um, this these things were were now questioned. Uh, how, how do how, how do I put it? Um, in 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 everyday term, it would be like, okay, I am looking I am looking back from when the independence happened. Okay. If somebody said the independence happened in 1960, and I come in in 2020, um, 2020, and start to say that that action was false, with so many texts to actually repeated texts that actually documented it to be 1960, it's easier to question that i am the one who's wrong i, I, I don't know if you get my hmm, logic because like, because i came far yes, after the, the, the timeline the timeline is like i mean looking at the, there's a whole graph here that actually says that mohammed received his first revelation 570 years after after the um after the birth of christ that's 570 years after the birth of christ so hmm. if it's in if if you're looking at it from time a basis of timeline, yeah. these events had already occurred. They had already been documented. Um, there had been several manuscripts to prove the credence of these events. Way before the way Quran before was the, the Quran one, had come up. So hmm, very interesting. That's another thing you can use to um Yes, to support the claim. Yeah, yeah, that that's really interesting to find out because you know you cannot bring a later document yes. and counter events that happened way before it happened. Very you true. know, or even a document that existed before. So speaking of the Bible, a document that existed way before you. You know, you weren't even present to witness this um this events. So I'll go on to ask why are then you know why are there also different translations within the same language? Okay. Um, for example, English. Yes. Uh, I speak English, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I speak English. So I, I, I will address address um, why there are so many translations in English as a language. Mm-hmm. Okay, English as a language um, has evolved like many other languages. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, there's the there's one of the oldest translations of the English bible english versions is called the uh, king james version and the king james version was written um in the 1600s a very long time ago and with the king james version you see a, a style of english that is not that that is not um that we don't speak today so as the language evolves there is need to actually make the the, the rule here is readability 
It's not like we are trying to uh, make different versions of the same thing or we are contradicting ourselves. The rule is readability. So, um, how best can you convey the thoughts in our present day English? For example, let me let me use um, let me use these chapters yeah. um, to explain what I'm saying. Okay, second, the book of Second Timothy two fifteen says. Um, this is in the modern NIV. Uh, the NIV is a more modern translation than the KJV, as I cited before. Okay. It says, "Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved in the, as one approved." That's what it says. But uh, in the KJV, it yeah. says, "Study to show thyself approved." But you—they're not saying two different things. But you realize that when um, somebody who spoke. Victorian English. Here's the word study. His mind goes to what the newer version is saying. Mm. So they are saying the same thing, mm. but it's differences in the way we now understand English. Like I won't come to you now and say if I'm if I'm trying to tell you now, for example, Dame Lady, do your best. I won't say Dame Lady study. That means a different thing to you. It to means me, that it you simply should just means to read. To read, read. but I mean. English has evolved. Yes, and um, to make um, the Bible easy to read translations have also evolved and there's another thing that um that that, that uh, we should we should pay attention to many of the newer translations actually are trying to see a way they, that they can be more uh they can be closer to the older manuscripts so you can see that there's a lot of intentionality in translations so it's not like they are just uh as I said, many more manuscripts, right? So that we can see where there's error. So many of these newer translations try to, as much as possible, look like the older, older, um, the original, o- older the original manuscripts. Because as years have gone by, there are also archaeological works to this. I, 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 like the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered. Um, um, many other parts and, and portions um scripts of um written text have been found mm-hmm. so we see that we are coming closer to very old manuscripts which were not there at the time when a version like the king james for example was written so now we have um more clarity Let, let's put it that way mm. more clarity in our understanding of the english and the style of language and um and all of that. So, yes, that's... that's, yeah, that's so, 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 if I would just sum up, you know, what you've said so far, yes. is that the aim of, you know, translations is for the reader to understand. Yes. It's, exactly. you know, they are all in, you know, uh, they are all translated from the original, you know, manuscript. So, it's mm-hmm. not like, oh, a version is copying another version. No. They are all pulling their meaning from the original tr- in the manuscript to the everyday language, you know, being used right now. Yes. And um, so, so yes, yes, so yes, as you said, um, you can can you speak to the question of, you know, the methodology of arriving at an accurate translation? Okay. Um, yeah. How can you arrive at an accurate translation? So you know, people want to know this. People want to know. Okay, how do people okay. arrive at an? Okay, this is another thing I would have to read out because, as I said, it's quite scholarly. So if you even have a note, write it down, please. It's it's quite scholarly. A lot of um, these are technical scholarly terms. So um, translation philosophy. Um, take note of this. Um, once the manuscript families, I've explained what the manuscript is are determined for the translation of the bible translators need translators people who translate the bible need to decide what translation philosophy they would follow there are three main philosophies 
philosophies of translation. There are three major uh, philosophies of translation. We have formal equivalence, functional equivalence, and optimal equivalence. Um, I'll just um, try and explain it the best way I can these three so that we can get an understanding of what they are. Formal equivalence. So what the formal equivalence is, is it focuses on translating word for word. So um, translations that rely on formal equivalence actually strive to translate word for word. We have the manuscripts. They try their best to translate it so that it's it's like he said this in this language and I'm going to take this in language. But there are barriers to this actually because, I mean, the Greek, for example, the New Testament is written in Greek. For I know uh, for a fact that um, in the Greek, there are like four ways of saying love. We have um, eros, we have philia, we have agape. But when you bring it down to English, it just says love. So that's what creates the barrier in this type of translation style. Uh, uh, so yes, but that is what it is basically. So um, translations of the Bible that fall on this, under this category are ESV, KJV, and NASB. And uh, the NASB is the New American Standard uh, Bible. The KJV is the King James Version. Um, then the ESV is the English um, Standard Version of the Bible. Then number two, functional equivalence. Um, this focuses on thoughts for thoughts. Um, if this might seem like a bias, but I think I would prefer, I, I actually prefer translations that, um, that go with this, um, form of, uh, translation, because mm. what you're saying is, okay, this is the intent of the writer. Mm. So we're going to take the intent of the writer and try to translate it in our own language. Mm. We are not missing the, the mind of what the person was trying to say. So now this is looking at intent rather than just a word-for-word -word translation. Because it's easy to misconstrue a lot of things if you just take it word-for-word. -word. Because as I said, four meanings of um, love, love in, in Greek. Greek. Just one word, love, in mm. English. That already creates a... Um, sort of barrier yes. as, it, as, it, as it is. But if you focus on the thoughts, what is the thoughts? What is the idea behind um, what this person is the saying? The intent of the writer. What is the intent of the writer? Uh, so um, we have um, um, translations that fall under this, NLT and the NIV. Um, those are examples. Then the third one, the optimal equivalence. The optimal equivalence tries to find the balance between what word for word and thought for thought. So it tries to strike a balance, mm. word for word, thought for thought. So it, that I've already explained the word for word and thought yes. for thought. So you yes, just know this know. one is in between. It's trying to balance mm. both. Um, example is the HCSB, which I think is the Holman um, Holman Study Bible. I don't know what the C stands for. I can't remember, but yes, that's what it is. Okay. Okay. So from from what you said so far, we know we've seen that a lot of work goes into translation. Yes. But the aim remains the same. Yes. That the reader understands. understands. The Bible is going across continents. Continents. You know, we're not going to go there and say, oh, you have to learn our language before you can get the message from the Bible. The message being the gospel. Yes. But instead, we will still continue, you know, translating from this original manuscript, Scripts you know, and, you know, passing across the intent of the writers of that day to this day. Um. So, yes, thank you so much, um, David. You know, I believe that people listening will be able to you know, make a better decision or they will better understand why the Bible has so many translations and versions. Thank you so much.
Thank you for listening to the Finding Salam podcast. We hope you learned some truth. If you have any questions or inquiries, you can reach out to us via our social media handle, Finding Salam, or send an email to reachoutislam at gmail.com.